mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, as military leaders are asking themselves how a low-level IT technician could access high-level top-secret documents and share them online, is there a lesson to be learned for businesses and organizations about the security of their own computer systems? We'll take a closer look. Plus, it's orange barrel season in Ohio. Time for a reminder about keeping construction crews safe during Work Zone Awareness Week. And HGTV home improvement expert Chip Wade will join us with some ideas to give your home a fresh makeover for the spring. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. So this is a a really interesting trend that uh, got started online, I guess, a while back. Um, I'm maybe a little late to the party on this, but I thought it was interesting. Taylor Martin has a a YouTube channel um, in which he posts videos of people dumping out everything in their pockets, the things that they carry on a day-to-day basis. And I thought this was a really interesting uh, story to start with uh, here this morning because um, they call it EDC, Everyday Carry. And I don't know if you've ever uh, thought about this. What do you what do you carry with you every single day? What is the first thing? You get dressed in the morning, you uh, go off to work to start your day, and what do you grab to keep with you every single day? Your EDC. This is a, a term... That is uh, well known in the military, in law enforcement. It's, you know, they, there's a certain uh, collection of things that fall into that uh, everyday carry or EDC category, uh, category, the gear that they have with them at all times. But uh, civilians uh, have uh, sort of uh, taken the, and they and they say that it really says a lot about who you are the type of work that you do, the types of things that you are interested in, your daily activities, and so on. And uh, dumping out your pockets and revealing your everyday carry list says a lot about you. So, And by the way, cell phones don't count. Uh, That's a given. So setting aside your cell phone, what are the things that you grab every single day? Um. Let's see here. It says uh, civilians have gotten in on this, carrying with them everything from multi-tools to pens, just about anything they know they will need or think that they might need in any given day. The EDC craze can be seen in the hashtag pocket dump in which people proudly display what is on their person on any given day. Uh, Taylor Martin's YouTube page uh, attracted some 345,000 views uh, and boasts more than 320,000 followers. And it has even spawned a merchandise line featuring everything from Swiss Army-style knives to pocket slingshots. He says, you could really make a carry that reflects you as a person. Um, and it's really become sort of a, a hobby to find out what people carry on them any given day. Um, let's see here. One person on the uh, on the channel says his EDC includes a pocket knife, wallet, pen, key holder, and sometimes a flashlight. 
um, miniature toolkits, titanium pry bars, <laughs> and assorted other doodads are very popular as well. Um, so, but be careful if you pocket dump because people will perhaps judge you based on what your stuff is that you carry with you on any given day. I just thought it was uh, interesting. So my pocket dump, um, I got my car keys, my wallet, that's about it. Other than that, I really don't keep a whole lot on it. I'm a minimalist. Uh, even my even my wallet is one of those uh, Ridge wallets that's a minimalist wallet. I carry the cards that I uh, need and the information I need, like my driver's license, my uh, key card to get into the building here uh, on those days that I come into the studio. And those are the things, you know, those are the only things that I really keep with me as my EDC, my everyday carry. Again, other than the cell phone. And I do wear my watch. I don't know if that's my smartwatch. Uh, I have to have that. I feel naked without it. I don't know if that counts or not. But anyway, just kind of interesting. Uh, if you are bored today at work, you can go around with your friends and uh, find out what their EDC is, their everyday carry is. So this is important research. Uh, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, researchers in Japan have figured out how to make swings go even higher. This is important stuff. Uh, thank goodness we have scientific researchers on this eternal question. The equations were solved for different swing sizes and various sequences of upper body movements. And what they have scientifically proven is the best time to lean back on the swing depends on how high the swing is already going. When you first start swinging, the best time to lean back is when the swing is at the bottom of the arc and moving forward. But then once the swing gains some height, the best time to lean back is during the backswing. Researchers built a swing in a lab and recruited about a dozen college students to test their theory. And they said, they said, what they learned is that somehow kids on swings seem to know this inherently. We have. <laughs> so thank goodness we did the research, right? Because kids know this inherently. Kids may not understand the laws of physics, but somehow they embody them nevertheless to swing very well. Chinese or Japanese uh, researchers here. Thank goodness we've got uh, science. Solving these, uh, solving these eternal mysteries. Speaking, speaking of, I just can't believe that researchers in Japan must be really bored figuring out how to test uh, the swings. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, interesting research here, uh, scientists at the University of Maryland say they may have just developed the perfect apple. The perfect apple. Two new apple types can tolerate heat, are low-maintenance, and easy to harvest. And best of all, they are absolutely scrumptious. The red and yellow varieties have already been approved for patents. Uh, innovations in apples can help combat labor shortages and climate change so that American consumers can continue enjoying apples and baking apple pies and 
apple turnovers, apple fritters, all of those things will not have to someday become extinct because of climate change. These uh, trees that produce these uh, apples require a lot less labor uh, as compared to apples that are available to growers now, according to Professor Chris Walsh, the University of Maryland. The trees for these apples will be shorter, easier to harvest, and easier to grow with less maintenance and less drain on uh, natural resources. And they're delicious. Perfect apple. So in case you were worried about that with climate change, making apples extinct, no need to worry. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, McDonald's has announced it is making some changes to its classic burgers. What, you say? What is this? Uh, McDonald's, uh, the company teases, um, they say, well, it may... While it may seem hard to beat, the perfectly seasoned 100% pure beef tangy pickles and just right ratio of ketchup and mustard that made us famous, we are about to make our classic burgers even better. Uh, Changes are coming to the Big Mac, McDouble, Double Cheeseburger, and Hamburger, including softer pillowy buns that are freshly toasted to a golden brown, Perfectly melted cheese that will make you want to savor every last bit off the wrapper. Juicier caramelized flavor from adding white onions to the patties while they are still on the grill. And more Big Mac sauce for its signature burger. These changes have already started in some markets overseas and will be headed to America later this year. And one other change, McDonald's is bringing back the Hamburglar to promote the updated hamburger menu or hamburger formula, I guess. The original hamburger influencer will serve as the spokesperson for the company. With his new commercials hit local airwaves, the new burgers have hit your local market. So be watching for the Hamburglar. Come back. New Donald's hamburgers. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I just envision in my mind New Coke. You remember New Coke? I don't know if it's a good idea to mess with success, but McDonald's, like all fast food joints, been uh, losing market share. So I guess they're going to try something. But isn't that what precipitated New Coke? It was not a good result, but we'll see. And... Lastly, among the first things you need to know this morning, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. If you want to do, uh, uh, if you want to uh, work better, more efficiently, if you want to uh, do better at work, put a plant on your desk. Um, most people appreciate how pretty flowers and trees look, and how photosynthesis is essential to life. But our mental and physical connection to plant life runs deeper than you might expect. Scientific evidence is that plants play a fundamental role in shaping our mental state and decreasing the risk of mental and physical illnesses. They can reduce depression, anxiety, and mood disorder symptoms by reducing levels of stress, the stress hormone cortisol, uh, reducing the levels of cortisol, uh, which can lower heart rate and promote feel good, uh, a feel-good state of mind. So you want to do better at work? You want to have a good day at work? Put a plant on your desk.
There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Widespread frost this morning, then mostly sunny with a high around 70. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the upper 50s. Flag City Honor Flight held its first flight of the year, taking more than 80 veterans to Washington, D.C. to see the memorials built in their honor. Former Honor Flight Director Bob Weinberg of Finley spoke with WTOL about being a guard at the tomb of the unknown soldier. It is a special place, so inscripted on on the uh, west side of it, here lies in honor, glory, an American soldier known but to God. That soldier not only gave up his life, he gave up his identity. There is no more to give. Flag City Honor Flight has four flights scheduled for this year, with the next one coming up in June. U.S. 224 across Putnam County is now known as the Putnam County Veterans Memorial Highway. The Ohio legislature approved the memorial designation, which is in honor of the thousands of Putnam County residents who have served in the military. The Ohio Department of Transportation put up signs designating the beginning and end of the Putnam County Veterans Memorial Highway, which goes through towns such as Gilboa, Ottawa, and Kaleida. The state legislature is crafting Governor DeWine's proposed two-year state budget to its liking, including his plan to improve reading among Ohio school kids. Governor Mike DeWine has said publicly that it's important to focus on early childhood literacy. We've got 40% of third graders that are not reading where they should be reading. They're not up to where they should be. Now, that's that's a huge number. I'm Kevin Landers. The Hancock Historical Museum will be holding a family-friendly event on Saturday to celebrate Earth Day. The museum says guests of all ages can learn about the water cycle, dissect flowers, create crafts from recycled materials, chat with a local beekeeper, and much more. The Hancock Park District, ODNR, Mazza Museum, Finley-Hancock County Public Library, and Masters Gardeners will be on site with additional activities. The first 50 families will receive a new children's book, and additional giveaways include pollinator seed packets and tree saplings while supplies last. The Hancock Historical Museum is located at 422 West Sandusky Street in Findlay. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So we've all been following this story. It's been making big headlines for the past uh, week or two. With military leaders now asking themselves how it is that a low-level IT technician could access high-level top-secret documents and share them online. Beyond the headline story, though, raises the question, is there a lesson to be learned for businesses and organizations of all types about the security of their own computer systems? Lauren Wagner is with us in the studio this morning, longtime security expert for Centricom and the founder of LJW Cyber Consulting. And first of all, important to point out that neither you or I have any particular insight about this case uh, involving this Air National Guardsman that hasn't been in the national news. I mean, we're not privy to any insider information on that. But I am curious, when you learned, when it came out, that this was, you know, just some junior IT staffer who was responsible for leaking this top secret information online. Did that surprise you at all? It it didn't surprise me that he had the capability to do what he did. Yeah. Um, you know, from a from a personal perspective, I 
I guess you have to consider what an individual's sure. ethics might be, but right. But uh, but the fact that it turned out to be someone that maybe nobody expected was not all that surprising because you say this is not entirely uncommon. No, that's true. Unfortunately, you know we have a we have a term in in security and called the insider threat, and and along with that we have another term that's called least privilege. So the idea is, is that, you know, you have to give certain people certain privileges in order to do their job for the organization. Right. right? Um, unfortunately, a, a lot of especially small and, and medium-sized organizations uh, tend to give the pretty broad privileges, which allows them access to things that they wouldn't wouldn't need to have right. access to yeah. to do their job. Yeah. Right. And, and it was really interesting when all of this came out, the more I thought about this story and, you know, if this guy, uh, if this kid was responsible for maintaining the network, maintaining computers, it makes sense that he would have to have access to the, the computers where this data was stored. And it seems like that's a, a bit of a loophole, if you will, in these security protocols. And not just at small businesses. I mean, the military is anything but a small organization. <laughs> right, so. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it, it, the, nobody likes to think that the people working for them are going to do bad things. Right. So you, so you have this element of trust mm-hmm. that they're going to do what it is they're supposed to do and no more. So you could have a system administrator that's over a payroll program, for example. Uh, the idea is not for him to get access to the payroll data, mm-hmm. but he could. Yeah, and and certain, you know different motivations may drive that that type of desire to get that information. So, is there any way to? And again, we don't want to cast suspicion on everybody who has access to a computer system in a business or organization. That's not the point, but. You do have to, I mean, there is a process, I would imagine, that most organizations go through to screen the individuals who have access to certain uh, amounts of data. But again, with these kind of loopholes there, is there any way to uh, restrict access to certain types of data for people who have to have access to maintain the networks or the computers? Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's... There's different types of administrative access. I could have administrative access to desktops and not necessarily servers or or to both or to certain applications, right? There's different levels and different access. Um, uh, there's a lot of element of trust that is involved in that. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are certain uh, logging capabilities that organizations can have in place mm. that can detect if somebody were to try to access that data so that depends on their screening and they're looking at these logs to know that something happened so the deterrent would be the possibility that you might be found out you might be found out yeah. yeah how difficult are some of these things to deploy because again as we get people starting to think about this uh and again most businesses don't have military secrets on their servers but you know, like you said, it could be payroll data, it could be, uh, you know, business uh, plans, uh, information that competitors might be interested in. Sure. I mean, there's, uh, you know, all kinds of things that, you know, maybe for one reason or another, a business or an organization wouldn't want out into, you know, general knowledge. Uh, so how difficult is it to deploy some of these uh, 
protections uh, so that this stuff doesn't end up in the wrong hands. Well, in, in many cases, it's not so much a, a level of difficulty as it is a cost. And, mm-hmm. and there is some overhead involved in, in, in logging a lot of transactions that are going on on a system or network. And you can imagine with some something as large as the government, in this case, I think I saw a number, there's like 1.3 million people with top secret access. Yeah. And they have some logging mechanisms in place, but you can imagine with that much activity, that much yeah. traffic, being able to identify something in a timely manner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, takes some resources. The point has been brought up, uh, and again, as it relates to the military specifically, uh, and this relates back to the discovery of classified material in the possession of former President Trump and the pre- possession of uh, uh, President Biden and his uh, personal residence, uh, even Mike Pence had uh, some uh, information or documents that he shouldn't necessarily have had where he shouldn't have had them, um, that we do over-classify things. Oh. Um, and, and maybe there's a, a lesson there for businesses and organizations to really decide what is truly important information to protect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a process they should go, go through that says, you know, these are crown jewels. This is information that I absolutely don't want anybody outside the organization or necessarily some within the organization right. to, to have access to and have knowledge of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's that data classification process is, is a very real step. You know, unfortunately, in a, in a lot of uh, small and medium businesses in particular, you know, their, their resources are strained and they're focused on making money. Yeah. And they're not as focused on these types of things. Is it, you bring up a good point, that in many, especially small businesses, small organizations, uh, this is not done in-house. IT maintenance uh, and so on is not necessarily sure. done in-house. Does it make it more difficult or, or, or easier uh, to secure these things and be secure in the knowledge that things that aren't supposed to be accessed aren't going to be accessed when you're farming it out as opposed to... Uh, hosting it in-house or doing this in-house theoretically yes <laughs> um but you still have i mean you still have the people factor yeah right and 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 people can be tempted to do things that they shouldn't normally do yeah so th- there you're at the mercy of the third party mm-hmm. to make sure that they have the constructs in place to properly protect your data and your information yeah um a lot of important questions yeah. you have to ask uh, about that. And you mentioned motivation. Um, that was one of the things in one of the Sunday news shows uh, this past weekend, and I don't remember which one, brought up a, a really good point is that, again, using this case in the military as an example and other recent cases of, of uh, security breaches, the motivation is not what it was maybe a generation mm. or two ago where uh, people were uh, leaking information for ideolo- ideological or political reasons or for money. You look at this uh, Air National Guardsman or the Chelsea Manning uh, story from a few years ago or even Edward Snowden, the goal is fame and recognition. Yeah, uh, recognition and fame, at least within that that yeah. group that yeah. they're involved in. So that one, I, I I would imagine, makes it even more challenging to figure out if there are risks to screen these individuals to get them the kind of clearance that they would need. Yeah, sure. You're going to hire an employee into a 
a sensitive position, you're you're probably going to do a background check right. and look for criminal type activity mm -hmm. that would shift that element of trust one way or another. Yeah, uh, but that may but, not tell you whether there's going yeah, to be a fame secret. Exactly, this yeah. wouldn't necessarily show up at all. Yeah. So very difficult uh, questions in this n new age for uh, a lot of businesses and organizations to really kind of uh, ask themselves about protecting the uh, the data. A um, lot of uh, interesting levels uh, of this story. Again, Lauren Wagner is uh, with us. Uh, again, longtime security expert for Centricom, uh, founder of uh, LJW Cy uh, Cyber Consulting. Lauren, thanks very much for uh, joining us this morning, kind of uh, planting the seed. A lot of folks, uh, things for a lot of folks to think about. Thank okay. you, Chris. Appreciate it. So we've all heard all of the jokes like the only things that are sure in life are death taxes and road construction or that there are only two seasons in Ohio, winter and road work. But Work Zone Awareness Week is no laughing matter. It is a serious reminder about the dangers that those construction workers face on the job. And joining us this morning is ODOT Press Secretary Matt Bruning from the Ohio Department of Transportation Office in Columbus. And Matt, the, the slogan this year, uh, work with us, really encapsulates what you are asking motorists to do. Absolutely, because when you go through these work zones, uh, we can set everything up properly. We can put all the signage and, and the speed limit signs and the flashing lights and the reflective materials in there. If you're, as a driver, not paying attention, not obeying that signage, that's where we see these crashes mostly occur. So uh, we really need that buy-in from the public as well to help us uh, be safe, not just our workers, but you as a driver and right. your passengers to be yeah. safe. Um, you know, and, and one of the uh, things, I think we all are, are cognizant on it, uh, cognizant of it on some level, but one example, and I know this has happened to me where you're just, you're cruising along and there's this long stretch of orange barrels and there's nothing really going on. And then suddenly you come over a hill or around a corner and bam, there's your construction crew. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and you're right. In some cases, you, you see situations like that because it would take us much longer if we had to set up and take down the barrels every single day. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of times they just leave that zone. Also, what you may not know as a driver driving through that zone is there may be curing concrete over there sure. that we don't want you to drive on and things like that. But you're right. It's those unexpected things. And when we look at the number of crashes that we have in work zones across the state of Ohio, and there were more than 4,600 of them last year just in Ohio alone, um, Many of them are caused by speeding and following too close. Those are two of the, the, the top factors in work zone crashes. And so uh, that can happen when you kind of get lulled and you get that sense of, well, there's nothing going on here. Right. Why am I still going the speed, the, the lower speed for this work zone? I'm going to speed up. You crest a hill, you come around a curve, you, um, you know, all of a sudden, boom, there's there the work are. zone with yeah. the people. Yeah. So we really just need people to pay attention and obey that signage. It's all there for a reason. Yeah, you also uh, make the good point that the other thing to keep in mind is that while road construction is going on, even the part of the roadway that is open might be hazardous with uneven payment or narrow lanes and, and things like that. So slowing down is not just for the worker's benefit, but for drivers as well. Absolutely. And you look at the statistics here in Ohio, we had 21 fatal crashes last year in work zones in Ohio that killed 23 people. All of those were either the driver or the passenger of a vehicle in the work zone, not hmm. not the workers. Hmm. Um, and so, 
yes, the workers are in a dangerous position because they're out exposed to that live traffic with nothing more than maybe some plastic cones or barrels, or in some cases, maybe a concrete barrier between them. But we're not seeing that be where we're seeing the fatalities. It's mostly the drivers and their passengers driving through that work zone, where, as you mentioned, you get those lane shifts, uneven lanes or narrow lanes. Um, and people are just driving too fast for those conditions and then, uh, or too closely to the vehicle in front of them and they, they get involved in a crash. So, you know, again, I know it's a huge inconvenience when people have to slow down, for example, on the interstate. But right. if you look at, you know, just a two-mile work zone where you're slowing down maybe 10 miles per hour, we're really only adding about a minute or so to your commute uh, through there. So, it's really important to, to slow down and obey that signage. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously, as a matter of courtesy and safety, uh, this is important. But what does the law say? I mean, what is required of drivers in work zones? So in work zones, you need to obey that speed limit. And, and we've been able to implement some, some variable speed limits where we are able to increase the speed back up when work is not going on. So it's imperative that you pay attention to that. Even outside of those, what I would call a more permanent work zone where you've got like a long-term project going on. I'm talking like a maintenance project where uh, there might be a crew repairing guardrail or patching potholes. It's a rolling uh, you know, work zone. When you see those flashing lights, the law requires you to move over for those vehicles. If you cannot safely move over for those vehicles, you are required to slow down. Uh, we would prefer you kind of do both, to be honest with you, to, right. just to keep everybody safe. But that's what the law requires. And that's not just in Ohio. That is every one of the 50 states has a move over law uh, similar to Ohio's. Uh, in fact, in 2013, it added ODOT. It used to be just law enforcement. Now it's any vehicle with flashing lights. That includes, Chris, if you or I break down on an I-75 and you're sitting on the side uh, of the road with your flashers on, I'm still required to move over and slow down for you. And uh, the fines, the penalties are harsher in work zones because of the added dangers. Absolutely. Yeah. They're doubled in work zones. Uh, the, the violations for the move over law compound as you get more violations. So let's say you uh, have violated for the first time, um, you know, I believe it's a $150 fine. And it goes up subsequent as yeah. you, uh, if you if you have repeat violations, as it should. And to, to say nothing of, of course, uh, Ohio's new distracted driving law uh, as well, because that can make every situation more dangerous and, and this even more so. Should also be pointed out, and uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, I think it's uh, worth highlighting, that we're not just talking about the interstates and freeway speeds here either. State and county roads, even speeds on city streets can be deadly when you're talking about motor vehicles versus human beings. Yeah, and you know it doesn't take much. I mean, think about getting hit by a vehicle. Uh, it does not take much speed to do some serious damage to your body when you're hit by a vehicle. So obviously, um, even work zones aside, think about pedestrians, bicyclists. Right. I mean, that's why speed limits are there for a reason, bottom line. Yeah. And I know people want to go faster than that because they're in a hurry, you know, I got, you know, time is money for a lot of people, right? Uh, but really, it is just not worth it to be going over the speed limit, especially excessively. When you think about, for example, uh, 35% of the traffic violations the Highway Patrol wrote last year in Ohio work zones were, were for speeds in excess of 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so again, Work Zone Awareness Week, and this, uh, in fact, is Go Orange Day. I notice you have your orange tie on, so you are uh, participating uh, in that. Again, reminding folks uh, to uh, 
think of the folks who are out there on the roads, making them great to drive and and obviously making them safe uh, every day, keeping them safe while they're doing their job. Yeah, I mean, it's such an important thing. And, you know, these men and women are out there. They're, they're putting themselves in harm's way to keep you safe. The only thing they ask of drivers, and when I talk to all of our workers, I go to a visit a garage, you know, I constantly hear, man, can you can you remind people to just move over and slow down? Give me some space. You know, I've got a, a kid, a uh, wife, I've got a dog I want to go home to, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, all of these folks want to go home safe as they came to work. Um just like all of us do. And the one thing that all of us as drivers can do to help ensure that happens is to just simply move over, slow down, give them space. You referenced the, uh, the phones down law, right? Uh, you know, it's a great point because if you're not paying attention, paying first attention. Of all, you're never going to see those signs. You're never going to see those crews. You're never going to see any of those people out there working on the roadways to know you need to move over for them. Yeah. So uh, vital to pay attention. And it could happen uh, anytime, day or night, too. So uh, there's uh, some places where there's uh, work going on uh, 24 hours a day. So, uh, again, very important during this orange barrel season to remember safety first and use caution. Again, Matt Bruning with the Ohio Department of Transportation in Columbus uh, on uh, this year's road work awareness day or work zone awareness week uh matt thanks very much for the uh, reminders we certainly appreciate it chris always a pleasure to join you and thank you for the opportunity to remind people you're listening to good mornings with chris oaks on 1330 wfin wfin.com and 95.5 fm we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert So, kind of a light day, the broken news this morning. There was some commotion at the White House yesterday. Did you hear about this? Uh, They had a security breach. Uh, The Secret Service says a toddler was able to squeeze through the bars of a fence on the north side of the White House grounds and make his way toward the North Lawn as as his parents were uh, just ambling about on Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> the toddler wandered off and squeezed through the gate and started running around <laughs> toward the White House lawn. It triggered a, a security alarm. Um, <laughs> it says the uh, parents were quickly reunited with their little trespasser and sent on their way after a uh, brief questioning. Uh, so they, <laughs> they were questioned by the Secret Service. I'm thinking somebody has a story to tell in years to come. Remember that time we were on vacation when little Jimmy (laughs) broke onto the White House grounds? (laughs) I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen more often. Uh, You know, with the White House gate and little toddlers, all of the families visiting D.C. But some anxious moments there on uh, on the White House lawn. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news, a 13-year-old boy found himself in a bit of a pickle at the Carowinds Amusement Park in North Carolina. Um, Apparently, he got himself stuck in a claw machine after he climbed in to steal a toy. (laughs) He couldn't get the uh, toy out using the claw, so he decided to take matters into his own hands. Climbed inside the machine. I don't know how a 13-year-old manages to do that. Uh, But somehow he managed to get himself stuck inside the claw machine. And it took about 20 minutes for 
for them to get him out. Medical personnel were uh, called in to uh, help. Once he was freed, he was given first aid and then banned from the park for a year. (laughs) We don't want to see you back. The claw machine in question is actually 10 feet tall and 5 feet wide. The park said uh, safety and security of guests and associates is their top priority. <laughs> Get out. We don't want it. No word on whether he actually got his toy. You would think, you know, for all of that trouble, he should at least get his toy. But anyway, <laughs> here's your toy. Now get out. This is crazy. State trooper in Oklahoma pulled a woman over for uh, speeding. And not just speeding, she was clocked in a 70 mile an hour zone doing 135 miles an hour. 135 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone is basically double the speed limit. Once she was finally pulled over, she explained to the officers that she was running late for work. (laughs) Running late for work? What kind of job do you have that could could possibly be worth risking your life and the lives of everyone else on the highway. Uh, The Oklahoma Highway Patrol, uh, in the incident report that was uh, posted later on Facebook, that Trooper Gary Hightower wrote this driver a reckless driving citation. They're going 135 miles an hour in a 70-mile-an-hour zone on the uh, Kilpatrick Turnpike uh in Oklahoma City, the driver's excuse was that she was late for work, but there is no excuse to drive this fast, endangering lives on the roadway. Yeah. I mean, I kudos for her dedication to her job, but still. It's a little excessive. And a couple of other items in the uh, broken news this morning. As we mentioned, kind of a, a light day. Uh, this is sort of crazy. Everybody's buzzing about this uh, artificial AI chatbot, chat GPT, and all of the different applications uh, of this. Well, a woman, um, I'm not sure where this is. Uh, oh, here it is, New York. It is New York. A woman whose washer and dryer had been out of order for two years finally got them fixed, finally convinced her landlord to fix her washer and dryer after two years, thanks to the help of ChatGPT, the AI chatbot. Svetlana is the name. I I don't have her full name, just Svetlana. She's 28 years old, used the AI tool to quote specific sections of New York renter's law. And so basically she turned the chatbot into a housing lawyer, uh, used it to draft an email opposing an increase in rent due to the decrease in services provided. She says, my goal was to have the laundry machines repaired, and thankfully they were fixed later that month. After two years being out of order, it took less than 30 days, and the AI chatbot uh, got the job done. There was a sign posted in my building announcing that the laundry rooms were back in service. (laughs) Well, there you go. I guess... uh Artificial intelligence is good for something, uh, I suppose. Lawyers are going to be put out of work. And finally, in the broken news this morning, did you happen to see uh, yesterday Southwest Airlines had another computer meltdown 
that uh, canceled a bunch of flights and delayed a bunch of others. They fortunately got it, unlike the meltdown that they had during the holidays where they were down for several days. Um, This only lasted a couple of hours, but uh, it really caused a big mess for Southwest yesterday. They're not the only airline, though, with computer issues. Um, Sean Walker was trying to change his American Airlines flight from Seattle to Palm Beach, and he was stunned at the change fee. Now, many airlines will charge you not just the difference in airfare, but an additional fee to change your travel itinerary at the last month or at the last minute. But Mr. Walker was stunned at the size of this change fee. $2.1 billion. (laughs) Mr. Walker shared a screenshot uh, from the uh, American Airlines website on social media. Shows a layover in Dallas and a cost of $2,147,483,647. Was the change fee $2.1 billion? Um, uh, Mr. Walker from Jupiter, Florida, uh, pondered that perhaps American thought I wanted to fly to the planet Jupiter. He's from the town of Jupiter, Florida, but he was thought maybe he was <laughs> flying to the planet. Uh, one commenter said, uh, I think perhaps they believe that you want to buy the airline, not just an airline ticket, but actually want to buy the airline there. $2.1 billion. Beware those change fees, I tell you. They'll get you. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. I thought this was uh, really interesting. You know that uh, in Japan, uh, one of the things they are famous for is their longevity. Uh, Japanese people uh, tend to live much longer than uh, certainly uh, many people in the United States and Europe and so on as Asians Uh, tend to, and there's lifestyle, it's diet, there are a number of uh, different factors. But a recent survey has revealed that most individuals in Japan, um, the part of the world where you're most likely to to live to be 100 years old or older, most individuals in Japan not interested in living to or beyond 100 years old. And you think that's uh, very odd, considering that is one of the things they are known for. The uh, Japan Hospice Palliative Care Foundation commissioned a research firm to conduct a survey of roughly 500 men, 500 women between the ages of 20 and 70 from all over the island of Japan. And uh, according to this research, 
when asked if they would like to live past the age of 100, 72% of men and 84% of women responded negatively. Again, I found this very interesting because it is much more common, uh, centenarians, uh, in that part of the uh, of the world. But the vast majority, it wasn't even close, the vast majority said, no, wouldn't want to live to be 100 years old or more. So why? Why would you not want to? The uh, What are the downsides? Among the reasons cited were concerns about burdening their families or other caregivers. 59% of the respondents said that would be the biggest downside to living that long, would be becoming a burden on their families or uh, caregivers. 48.2% of respondents expressed worries about their declining physical condition. I don't want to live that long because we wouldn't be able to get around, wouldn't be able to do the things that we enjoy doing. What would be the point? And 36.7% cited financial concerns. Well, it is home improvement season, and who better to turn to for some inspiration for us this morning than celebrity designer Chip Wade from Home and Garden Television, HGTV. Chip, this is the time when everybody is thinking home improvements. What advice do you have for someone who is uh, looking to you know, tackle a project? Chris, thanks for having me. Yes, I have all kinds of stuff that is great, high impact and cost effective for you this year. Let's start with upgrading our drinking water. Imagine having fresher, better tasting, cleaner water. You can now get that easily with Culligan's Aquasential Smart Reverse Osmosis System. This is the world's most efficient RO drinking water system. It has seven levels of filtration and is certified to reduce up to 59 different contaminants. That's how they get that water so fresh and tasting so good. Now, it comes with a Culligan Connect app, which allows you to easily keep track of your water quality and your maintenance schedule. However, uh, you know, it's also very easy to install and look at these beautiful finishes. You can find out more at Culligan.com. All right, next up. Since we're in the kitchen already, let's talk about the, the favorite family appliance, the refrigerator. Okay. It might be time for you to upgrade for eating at home a lot or have a family that needs some storage. The Energy Star certified, brand new to the market, 48-inch built-in French door refrigerator from Signature Kitchen Suite. This thing is a marvel. Beautiful on the outside, ultra innovative on the inside. It's designed to, you know, give you the best storage and prep in food uh, that there is. Uh, it has items like a convertible drawer that allows you to customize the temperature from negative seven degrees <laughs> all the way up to 41 degrees, according to what wow. you're keeping in the drawer to optimize that freshness and longevity of what you have in the fridge. They even have the spherical um, ice. You know, have you seen these balls of ice? Okay, I mean, yeah. awesome ice you know, makes every drink taste better, and Signature Kitchen Suite fr- Refrigerator has it all. Uh, not to mention a uh, fabulous look. So, again, nothing that you have to right. you know, take out a wall or anything like that. You can give a, a fresh new look uh, just with a new appliance. What else have we got here? All right, let's switch over to some DIY projects that you can easily do yourself. If you're in the market for a quick, cost-effective upgrade to some of your wet areas, check out WetWall's waterproof panel system. This is a patented tongue-and-groove panel system. They come in these big, large panels. 
that allow you to seamlessly uh, cover uh, areas, even like your whole bathroom, for uh, like that whole spa-like feel. Again, that patented tongue and groove install system makes it grout-free. Uh, it's also incredibly durable, really great stuff, and it comes in all the uh, most current designer styles and finishes. You can find out more at wetwall.com. All right, next up, a DIY project that's really easy that makes a difference is fixing some of those unsightly cracks in the concrete, whether it's your driveway outside, your basement slab, uh, even your sidewalk. Any crack that's a half of an inch or less, you can use this brand new DAP concrete crack filler. It is a dry powder, which makes it so easy and clean to do this. That you simply just pour the powder right out of this um, uh, easy applicator and then just dust it off with your hand or a brush to make it flat and smooth. And then it activates just with water going to solidify and harden and it's not going to shrink and it's not going to crack and it's not going to fade over time. So it's like a whole makeover of your concrete and it's super fast and clean and easy. Really great, uh, gratifying work here uh, from adapt.com. Let me right, last up, I want to give everybody a new tool okay. for their tool belt. This is called Front Door. It's a mobile application that gives you face-to-face -face live action uh, access to an expert via video chat for any of your home or maintenance needs. Really great stuff available on the App Store and even on Google Play. Make sure to check it out. It's just that extra confidence that you need to get the job done. A little uh, extra help if you if you need a little extra advice. Good stuff there. Again, as we come up on uh, spring home improvement season, everybody thinking about this. And uh, again, uh, Chip Wade of uh, HGTV with us this morning. Where do we get more information? I've got all this up on my personal blog on wadeworkscreative.com. Just hit the blog tab and it's right at the top. We will link up to it on our webpage as well. Chip, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the return of warmer weather means the return of tick and mosquito-borne diseases. We'll get the parasite forecast for spring and summer in northwest Ohio. And celebrating Earth Day locally. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.